This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Dashran Johan. The Refugee Festival 2023 will be taking place at the Kuala Lumpur Selangor Chinese Assembly Hall from the 8th to 10th of September. The event was founded by investigative journalist Mahi Ramakrishnan and was first held at Black Box Publica in 2016. The event has since grown into an annual affair with more participation from various refugee community leaders. So joining me on the show today to discuss this is Hassan Al-Akra, a Syrian refugee, founder of the Refugee Emergency Fund and one of the key people behind the Refugee Festival 2023, as well as Mohammad Ali Safdari, a refugee from Afghanistan, as well as a musician. Ali will also be performing at the Refugee Festival 2023. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello, good morning. Thank you so much for inviting us. Thank you for having us today at this interview. So, Ali, I want to start with you. Um, before we talk about the Refugee Festival itself, I want to get to know a little bit about your personal journey. How old were you when you left your home country of Afghanistan and why? Actually, to be honest, I have never seen Afghanistan because of mm. uh, when my father left Afghanistan, he was in trouble and he traveled to Iran. He refused there. Right. He, he became a, an asylum seeker. So I born in Iran and I live my life there and we travel to Malaysia. And the way we travel in Malaysia was not a simple way like anyone does. It was a different, like I would say, among the, all the people who fly here to become an asylum seeker, our one was so different. So first we my father rushed to take a visa from Thailand to Thailand, from Iran to Thailand. So when we go to Thailand, we have, for some reasons, that I was, that time I was so young. For some reasons, we, we need to travel by ground from the borders, from Thailand to Malaysia. And then the people who take us in the borders, they were so scary i cannot like explain you even explain it we waited around three to four hours in the jungle and they came with the knives and everything to us to my family so somehow we settled that one we talk we just spend the time we talk peacefully and once we reach the kl we just say thank to god that we are safe now before we talk about the challenges you're facing right now, you know, you said you your dad left um, Afghanistan, moved to Iria, uh, moved to Iran to seek um, to seek refuge. Why did you leave Iran to come to Malaysia? The reason was, as I know, because that time I was so young. Hmm. Currently, I am twenty years old, so I was so young that time. So as I know that the Iran government was trying to send my brother to fight in Syria. So this was, I think, one of the most reasons. And the other one was we were not feeling comfortable, my father. Hassan, I want to get your story as well. How old were you when you left Syria and why did you and your family leave? I left Syria when I was uh, 12 years old. That was mm -hmm. in 2012. And 
this is because of the war, the, the civil war that broke down in Syria in 2011. Um, we lived under the war for about one year and we saw the damages it caused and we saw how hundreds of uh, thousands of people were killed. Um, I've, I've lost some of my cousins in the war um, and and um, we, 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 we were living in the near the borders of Turkey. That's where our village is located and and that is a hotspot for terrorist groups as well. Um, and so we were often uh, being terrorized by these groups, um, either through gunshots at the middle of the night or bombs flying above our, our, our homes and hitting villages next to our house. And so we, we've, we experienced firsthand what it's like living under the war. And that's when my dad um, made a decision early to leave because we know that it's not going to be safe for us um, as a family. And it's, my dad saw that it's, we won't have a, a brighter future if we stayed there because we don't know when this war will end. And we were right. Like until now, there's still war in Syria. 14 years later, there's still war. You know, both of y'all have been in Malaysia for, for some time. What has the experience um, of a refugee in Malaysia been like? What are some of the challenges that y'all have faced? Um, Ali, perhaps can start with you. At first, it's the work. Like, working for us here is super difficult. And then the other challenges is the, uh, is the documents. We don't have a proper document. Like, looks like a bird in a cage that waiting for the time to get free, hmm. get out of the cage and fly away. So most of the challenges that we are facing, we don't have opportunities. Right. We don't have opportunities, like if you want to fight for our dreams, there is not much opportunity. I have tried, like, I, I'm singing, and it is my dream to be a superstar singer. Right. But because of my situation, I will not have the opportunity to attend to the talent shows and most of the things as a person who have, who is going to perform in his life and to go on the stage, actually. As a, that type of person, I will not have much opportunity until I fight for it. Like, I'm still fighting for it, of course. But I see the challenges like that. Mm -hmm. Like, the opportunities are not much for us. We try to work, actually. But finding that job was not easy. You get what I mean? Right. Yeah, and... About the healthcare, and I, I will say there are some of the health, uh, like clinics that they are supporting refugee and the asylum seekers. But sometimes I will say it's. I think it will not be the same for the hospitals. Because some of them facing a really serious problems. Mm. And some of the hospitals, as I know, like my friends, they have been in clinics and the hospitals that they are supporting the refugees. And it will not be much. I would say they are not doing the thing that they, they are supporting, but it's, it's not in a proper way. Mm. Yes. 
Hassan, um, your journey has been um, f- full of ups and downs as well. Um, you recently um, graduated um, from the University of Nottingham. You've gotten your degree. But talk to me about that journey. How challenging was it um, for you to get an education, to still pursue your, your passion, your dreams, um, you know, you know, as a refugee in Malaysia? Echoing what Ali said, um, there are the, the biggest challenge for refugees in Malaysia is the legal status, mm-hmm. them getting us getting recognized legally. And so that, you know, because we don't have a legal status, we're denied access to all of these basic rights, including education, healthcare, and 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 um and um other um um basic human rights. Absolutely. And so in my case, um, the only reason I was able to to pursue higher education is because it was a scholarship from a private university in Malaysia, mm-hmm. not a government. And so, and it was done um, in a way that like on paper, it, was, it wasn't mentioned as a degree, but uh, like in the system, it was something like short courses program. Right. Um, that was, um, so, so there's a way to go around it and the university just wanted to be safe. And so um, it it feels uh, really um, amazing that I was able to to finish my degree in within four years. Um, it it has been very very challenging because I was also working at the same time mm-hmm. to 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 support myself and my family. Um, but uh, but the support I received from from my lecturers from my classmates were were just amazing and that helped me go through it. Now the the biggest. Um, I think the biggest um, um, sad thing uh, about getting a degree here in Malaysia is that you can't use it legally, mm-hmm. right? So now I've 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 spent four years studying uh, bachelor's in education, and now I'm I can work as a teacher, but I'm not allowed to work as a teacher. You see, legally, no school can hire me as a teacher, and so that's why I have to work and I have to do different things, not using my degree. And for me, that is okay. But but for other people, I know so many refugees here with with higher education. I know refugees with PhD. I know I know refugees who were doctors and nurses and teachers back in their home country. But here, they can't use this qualification simply because the law doesn't allow them to do so. And so it is when we talk about these, we always talk about it in a policy perspective. We talk about it in the in the, um, uh, the legal framework, but we never actually talk about the people. Mm-hmm. How how it feels for them how how you know imagine studying for years spending so much money only to be told you can't use this your your education is useless here right and so and so it's more than just a legal framework it's more than just a policy discussion it is people that we're talking about how it feels for them not to be able to use the qualification they've worked for um all those years on the show with me today is Hassan Al-Akra, a Syrian refugee, founder of Refugee Emergency Fund, as well as Mohammad Ali Safdari, a refugee from Afghanistan and a musician. After the break, we discuss the Refugee Festival 2023. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashan Johan. And on the show with me today is Hassan Al-Akra, a Syrian refugee, founder of Refugee Emergency Fund, as well as Mohammad Ali Safdari, a refugee from Afghanistan and a musician. And we are talking about the Refugee Festival 2023. So Hassan, what is the Refugee Festival all about? So the Refugee Festival is an annual event that started in 2016 by Mahi Ramakrishnan, the investigative filmmaker and founder of Beyond Borders Malaysia. 
she started the festival um, as a platform to showcase talents of refugees in Malaysia and provide them a platform where they can they can they can share their story, they can share their their uh, their journey, they can perform, they can showcase their arts, and 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 it's also an opportunity for Malaysians to learn more about refugees, and see refugees uh, firsthand experience, see refugees face to face without hearing about us from the media, right? Because nowadays one of the um, um, biggest influence on why people um, have all these different negative misconceptions about refugees is because of the media um, and how the media portrays us. And so for me, I strongly believe that refugee festival like this is one of the great opportunities for Malaysians to 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 to, to have in-depth um, um, uh, awareness and knowledge about our stories, our journeys, and to see us as human beings with aspirations and hopes like everyone else. And that a legal status or 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 what or a piece of paper does not define who we are as as people, and so um, yeah, so this year's festival is is really really exciting. Um, I'm, I'm honored um, that Mahi gave me the opportunity to to head the task team right. that we we've come together and and we we've, we we initially it's usually the refugee festival is done in June to commemorate World Refugee Day. But this year we we didn't have any funding in June and there were so many other events happening so we postponed it to September, and so um, this time around it's very exciting and very unique because we have so many people on the task team from diverse backgrounds. We've got refugees, we've got students, we've got expatriates, we've got um, foreigners, we've got migrants, all of them coming together with zero funding. That's how we started. Really, <laughs> we we were like, can we pull this off? We have like almost two three months of playing. Can we pull this off without money? We're like, okay, let's do a crowdfunding. And so we put a crowdfunding out there and we started fundraising. And so, um, and and it's amazing how people supported the festival. We've managed to almost reach the budget right now, the target um, amount to, to run this festival. And uh, the biggest portion usually from this, um, whenever we budget for a festival like this, is usually venue and, and paying performers. But this time we've got the venue sponsored by the Kuala Lumpur and Selangor Chinese Assembly Hall. And now the biggest portion is to pay performers because we 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 appreciate their values and we appreciate them, their time and and their talent that worked that they have worked for in so, for so many years, and so we want to give them this opportunity not just to showcase and it's not a charity platform it's really it's really a platform where they can show their talent at the same time they get paid for it, and so that's why we we try to fundraise um, and to 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 reach the targets that we are we're. Um, to 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 turn this festival, yeah. Hassan, you mentioned something at, towards the end there, which I find very important, which is this is not a charity per se. Um, why is that important? Um, why is that distinction important for you? Me personally, um, and I think collectively, all of us in the refugee festival task mm-hmm. team and organizing committees, that charity is charity, but uh, you know. The, this a platform like this is not charity, right. right? We as refugees, we cannot depend on charity all the time, and that is the misconception that a lot of people have is that our oh, refugees want charity. We don't, right? A lot of us we don't. And like, for how long are you going to give people food and you know going to help them if they can't sustain themselves? And in order for them to sustain themselves, we need better, not better policy. We need policies because there are no policies to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not recognized in, in the eyes of the law. And so 
for us to be recognized legally, I think that is the first step towards us becoming more independent. Even now, a lot of refugees are trying to be independent on their own. But yeah, we are. We don't want to be treated like charity cases. We are not just statistics and numbers. We are human beings with values and and, and aspirations, and that's what we we uh, we hoped uh, and we we're aiming to tell Malaysians and 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 uh, anyone else about us. So the reason I said this festival is not a charity platform, it is because we don't want to be treated like charity cases. We um, there is nothing wrong with with doing charity. Of course, you know when when we see someone in need of help, I myself I run a nonprofit organization called Refugee Emergency Fund where we fundraise and we help people. So it is a charity organization. There's nothing wrong with it. But a platform like this, where we give an opportunity to refugee uh, for refugees to showcase their talents and share their journey. We make sure it is it is for people to understand that we are not just numbers. We're not just um, we don't we don't want charity. We want better policies that that actually recognize us as human beings and recognize our values and what we can contribute um, to this country. Um, Ali, how did you get involved in the refugee festival, and what has the um, you know preparation and and uh, what has being part of it? Um, what has that experience um, been for you? Um, why is it important to you? How did I involve with the refugee festival? Thanks to my brother Hassan, <laughs> he have invited me because he knows what well, what's my dream. Hmm. Thanks to his support. Uh, singing, I say, it's my life. So whenever there is opportunity for me to perform somewhere, I would go without hesitation. Mm. So this was one of the reasons for me to join the festival because I'm uh, I need to. I need it for my resume and experience. I'm going to perform on Friday mm-hmm. around 3, 3.40 p.m., mm-hmm. I think. So currently I am a pop singer. So I try to bring something new for myself. I was trying to do an alternative rock music, but for some reasons I needed to change because... I get some ideas from the teachers I know and they say that if it is too difficult for you currently now you can go for some other songs so among all the songs I know I'm gonna perform all of me from John Legend right and it will be my first time performing in English I cannot wait <laughs> Friday. Like I, it should be today. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to watch you perform as well. I'm very curious though, why did you choose to perform in English? Because English is an international language and every, everybody knows it. Mm. And I want to be famous in the world. <laughs> like I want everybody to know. This is my dream. So English... Currently, if, if we sing in English, everybody will understand. Right. And if we want to shine on a stage, we need to choose a music that everybody knows. And they want to sing with you also, so you will enjoy the more. 
Now, Hassan, you are also going to be, you're not performing, uh, you're not singing um, as far as I'm aware, um, but you will be part of a sharing session talking about refugee integration in Malaysia. Could you shed some light on this panel, what, what people can expect from the panel and what you hope people will take away from it? First of all, I want to I wanna really thank Ali for, for agreeing to perform at the festival. I've, right. I've seen Ali perform before and that's when I, I really liked his voice. He has such an incredible voice and and the songs he sang in Persian are my favorite. Right. And so um, I hate that he spoiled it and he said what song he'll be performing. I was, I was, I was so excited. Like I was looking forward to be surprised on what song he will be performing. But that's okay. Now I'm looking forward even more to it. <laughs> so for me personally, at the festival, I'm, I'm, um, I'll be running around doing so many things. I'll be right. coordinating a lot of things. So um, I, I, for that session on integration, we changed the name of that session to our intersectional identities and belonging wow so okay. that is the new title of that panel mm -hmm. it's not a panel it's really more of a roundtable discussion and mm -hmm. so the idea of that session is to talk about how all of the identities we 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 that, that intersect right for example i'm a refugee and at the same time i'm a syrian at the same time i'm a muslim at the same time um, um I, like there are so many identities that i i identify with and they, of course, uh, you know, intersect in a way that makes my life either easier or harder right. in, in certain contexts, right? Absolutely. And so the, the whole idea of that of that discussion itself is to talk about how do we, as as some of us refugees and Malaysians also on the panel, um, how do we belong? When do we belong? How do we belong? Where do we belong? Right. And so we being refugee in Malaysia, like, for example, for me, I've been here for almost 13 years. I've integrated in, uh, into the Malaysian culture. I've learned fluently the Malay, uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 I can eat Malaysian food. I love durian, <laughs> uh, you know, all of these things. And then people say, I'm forgetting my origins. I'm forgetting my roots. It's not right. Mm. It's it's very different because when you live in a country for so many years as a refugee, like it or not, you have to integrate. And 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 for and that, that doesn't mean you lose your identity, your other identity. That doesn't mean uh, you 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 forget your roots. You just you just try to integrate and it just you add another identity to yourself. Right. Absolutely. And so that that will be what the discussion will be about. And I'm, I'm very, very excited and looking forward to that. And uh just now you mentioned I'm I'm not performing or anything. You're right. Mm -hmm. I actually, I I um, I've always had the passion of act uh, to be a, an actor okay. on, on stage, like on theater or on TV. I did uh, performed in theaters before. I remember in 2016, my sister and I we went. There was an audition of TV3, right? Uh, Drama TV3 and and KL Central, and we went there. And we did, there were so many people and we did the audition and, and they actually liked us. They liked the dialogue we had. My sister and I, both of us fluent in Malay, we did the dialogue in Malay. But then they asked if we have any legal permit to work in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And we said, no, we are under UNHCR. And that's when they said, sorry, we, we can't even audition in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so that really, that's, that's, that's basically it is that, you know, you have, you've got refugees who are super talented and want to do so many things and follow their passion and dreams, but then there are laws and policies that, that forbids them from doing so. And so yet despite all of this, that's where we provide a platform like this festival where we can say your legal status doesn't really matter. 
whoever you are, as long as you have the passion for it and the love for it, just come and perform, really. And so that's that's where we are right now. That's absolutely wonderful. Now, um, Hassan, could you also um, share a little bit more about what else um, people can expect um, from this um, from the three-day festival? So we know Ali is performing. We know you are doing a sharing session. What are other performances and, and um, roundtable discussions um, that people can expect if they attend this festival? This year, we're trying to reduce um, the, a lot of. We're trying to reduce the like you know panel discussions and sh- and and you know and the stuff like that and increase the uh, number of performers. You know, um, we just think that uh, there's already so many panels out there. There's so many events happening out there, but rarely you get an opportunity to see refugees showcase their their talents. And so, what to expect is we have an exhibition uh, that showcases arts and photography by different refugee artists and also international artists. Um, and also, we have a bazaar. So, the bazaar we have about twenty-five vendors, refugees and Malaysians who will be coming and selling their products, handmade products. We've got food, people selling food from their original country, homemade. Uh, we've got Syrian food, Yemeni, Somali food. We've got. Uh, Sri Lankan food, we've got Burmese food, we've got Rohingya food, really lots of food, right? So that's that. That's like the only thing I'm looking forward to <laughs> is trying all this new food. And there are so many other performances. We've got uh, a lot of cultural dance performances from, from different ethnic group in Myanmar. We've got different singing performances. We've got a poetry performance. We've got um, a session on Sunday titled on human library. So human library is that you 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 read human like we, we have, we've got uh, four refugee speakers who will be talking about a different topic and their journey and basically and then you have a conversation with them. It's like you reading a book, but that book is a human being right. in front of you. So that is the concept. And then we have a lot of film screening. Um, one session I'm looking forward to is Dari Dapur. Mm-hmm. So Dari Dapur was was an initiative um, where they they filmed. Different refugee and migrant families uh, where in different influencers come and visit them during um, uh, uh, Ramadan and, you know, book up was at their house. And so we will be screening two of these episodes followed by Q&A with the people who were in the episode. And so we're very, very excited. There's a lot of things happening all on all three days and we encourage everyone to come attend. Uh, even if you just drop by for just 30 minutes or one hour, we still appreciate it. Um, so it's free entry. And there will be so many exciting uh, things happening. What I shared just now is just it. It really doesn't 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 summarize all of it. It sounds very exciting. Um, before we wrap this conversation up, guys, um, I'll just like a final message from each of you. I'm starting with you, Ali. My final message is: live the way, live the way you like, and fight for your dreams. Don't give up, and don't lose hope. The way you have to fight the challenges, don't take the challenges as a problems and think of a solution for them. There is 100% a solution. And once you pass this test, you will get what you deserve. And Ali, I just want to ask, what, what do you hope Malaysians take away from this festival? Learn from it. Mm-hmm. They can see us, especially. Right. <laughs> like as uh, we call it back again that uh, Brother Hassan have said that we feel like we are human beings. So they can see us. The only thing I can say, they can see us and 
make life easier for us. That we are living us. And Hassan, a final message from you? I, I echo what Ali said really is to never never give up on your hopes and admiration. You see our refugee uh, uh, that we have at the festival, despite the law bearing them from, from doing what they like, they still do it and they, they do their best to find different opportunities. So so whatever is stopping you from achieving your dream, just find a way to work around it really. And and we, we hope that through this festival, Malaysian will understand more about refugees and what we go through. But at the same time, also see, like Ali said, see us as human beings and acknowledge our existence. We're not just numbers. We're not just statistics. We're not just reports. We are people and and we, we too deserve um, rights like anyone else. Absolutely. And on that wonderful note, Hassan Ali, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. That was Hassan Al-Akra, a Syrian refugee and the founder of Refugee Emergency Fund, as well as Mohammad Ali Safdari, a refugee from Afghanistan and a musician. The Refugee Festival will be held at the Kuala Lumpur and Selangor Chinese Assembly Hall from the 8th to the 10th of September 2023, which is this weekend. So do go and check that out. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.